Welcome to the Reformers Pipeline, your dose of empowerment and the pipeline to inform your decisions on how you can support change in our education system. This is Lindsay, affectionately known as Ms. Black. I'm Hadi Hop, Mr. Broussard. If you're feeling, let's go with jovial today, Lens. I'm feeling jovial. Jovial. See, you came to say it. Came to say it twice. Okay, I guess we'll find out a little later while you're feeling jovial. I mean, it's a good feeling. Yes. It is just a new phrase. (laughs) But you know what, y'all? If y'all haven't already, please take your phones out now. And follow us on Instagram at The Reformist Pipeline. While the phone is out, go ahead and send our page to someone you think could benefit from the information on there. And our website is also live, y'all. Find us and all of our content at TheReformistPipeline.com. And guess what? What? We are up on YouTube now, y'all. So if you're someone who prefers to listen to the podcast via YouTube, it is now available for you. Find us at The Reformist Pipeline. And let's go ahead and reestablish our objective. This is semester one of our two-part season. So semester one will run through June. So we are technically just a few episodes out. And we are focusing on creating the ideal school. We explore different ways in which we reimagine the ideal school. But before we jump into the segment, let's catch up on us. Um, I really was, I'm really trying to figure out what I'm catching up on. But, 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 but. <laughs> Um, me and Jahad went out to the Sandlot, Georgetown, here in D.C. Yes. Um, it's a black-owned outdoor bar. Is that the best way to describe yeah, I feel it? Yeah, like that's the best way. Yeah, they have a bar. They have a DJ after four, though, so don't get a reservation at two expecting to see the DJ because the DJ's not going to be there. Um, but anyways, we had a good time. Me and Jahad met out there. I got a little bit of a tan. We also met up with our mutual friend Darvin, who we met during our first year teaching. So that was that was rewarding because Darvin's funny. Yes, Darvin's funny. Darvin's and Darvin's a, a barb too. Darvin is a barb. And so, you and know, Darvin was very happy that Nikki has been resurrected. Okay. Um, Don't let the barbs hear you say that because they're going to tell you Nikki was never dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, my bad, my bad, my bad. So shout out to Nikki, shout out to Darv, and it was definitely a dope weekend at San Lot Georgetown. And so my update it will be quick, and it'll get to the reason as to why I'm feeling jovial. Because my birthday is on hey, May one, 20th for sure. One time for the birthday, hey, hey, time for the birthday. I cannot wait to post on your birthday. What? I'm bringing up old shit. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm scared. But anyways, y'all, no. it's tourist season. So I will be flying to NOLA on... Wednesday, actually. So hey. I'll be in New Orleans. Um, super excited because this is the first time I'll be there as an adult. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like you can say that you've been places, but you can't really say that you've been places, been places until you're an adult because, you know, yes. drinking and the, just like you control your agenda. Yeah. So yeah. that's wow. what I'm excited about. And I know people probably are also like wondering, like, if my last name comes from Louisiana because there is actually a city in Literally Louisiana. Literally, no called, one's wondering, but. <laughs> <laughs> But go off, bro. <laughs> I, I'll just go ahead and say it. Well, it does come from Louisiana, but funny story. <laughs> there. So my actual last name should be Jeffries. But we'll get to that on another episode. This is different. <laughs> <laughs> this is news to me. Okay. So, yeah. But all that's to say, I'm super excited to be going to New Orleans Yay. and be spending time with friends. Just having a good time. Add 
advocates, beautiful people. We are about to jump into our content development, which, as you know, is the meat of the episode. And we are still focused on envisioning the ideal school. We're shifting gears a little bit, though, because a lot of this has been like our opinion. We had our Mother's Day episode uh, two weeks ago. But now we're going to focus on community leaders in the DC area. So today we actually have Brittany who is formerly known as Miss OK and that's what I used to call her when I actually worked with her in the DC charter school. She studied education for undergrad at Temple and graduate school with John Hopkins OK. She taught middle school special education for seven years, she taught in Baltimore City, DCPS and at various DC charter schools. She left education altogether last summer to start a business. The business is called No Kids Allowed. It is a compliant weed gifting shop in Washington, D.C. It's in Eastern Market, Capitol Hill, y'all. So it's really not that far. And what I love most about it is that they are supporting teachers, okay? Every Tuesday at No Kids Allowed, teachers can come in and get 15% off all their purchases. No Kids Allowed stands behind supporting and uplifting the black community and creating and maintaining unity within our culture. Currently, the business strives to exhibit those beliefs in every way, and I'm super excited that y'all will actually get to hear about Brittany's Ideal School. Brittany, we are so happy to have you here as a guest. Welcome to the Reformist Pipeline. Thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> hella funny. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. This is this is just pretty comical. Uh, welcome to the, it was weird because you're saying welcome to the Reformers Pipeline, and we're actually at No Kids Allowed. So yes. it's like we're welcoming you to our space and your space. I like that. Yeah, I, I like, like it that. too. Yeah, welcome, y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Right. Um, I was. I also think it's funny because I don't know. I don't feel like we got to know each other like too well when we worked together, but I didn't imagine that this is something that you would produce. Me neither. Um, I had no idea back then. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not, but I also wasn't surprised when mm -hmm. I figured out I you were that. doing it just because I'm like, you you got that spirit of like, I'm gonna do something, it's gonna be great. And here we are. I appreciate that. Yeah. Manifestation, love it. Um, so we're gonna jump right into our first question. And again, y'all, we're talking about the ideal school and we're focusing on community leaders today. So in your ideal school, name one thing that you specifically experienced or wish you saw more of in present day. So it can obviously be something you actually experienced within school or maybe something that you just imagined. Okay. Um, I think the biggest thing would be uh, leaders using the information that teachers give them. Okay, starting off strong. So like, okay. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm right in. I'm just saying, oh, okay. like, like, <laughs> You fill out a billion surveys that ask you like what you like, mm -hmm. what you need, um, your experience, and then I never see how anything else pertains to that. Um, the the most ideal school that I've been at, um, they definitely use all that data productively and consistently. So I think that'd be like the biggest thing. And it's such an easy fix. Yeah. It is. Like, just read my shit. Yeah. You know, like, and it's funny you say that because that's Part of the reason why we have the podcast is because, as you know, I'm a very vocal person, mm -hmm. and I really have been vocalizing myself Wait, to other teachers. I like find myself vocalizing myself to teachers all the time, but we uh -huh. share the same sentiment. So it'd be it'd be great if people outside the classroom 
um, could get a grip. Yes, for sure. Amen, amen. And so I'm also, because you did speak to it a little bit, but I'm wondering, like, what's something that you wish that you would have learned in school? Um, I'm not going to lie to you. So like in our last episode, uh, the, these mothers, they were talking about financial literacy, so please don't say that. But <laughs> <I'm not>. <laughs> <laughs> We're good, we're good. Great, great, great. It's definitely important, though, but no. But mine kind of ties into that. Um, I think entrepreneurship skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or just the representation of that. It's like, you know, we always had visitors come in who were doctors, lawyers, um, like those typical typical jobs. And so that just seems super out of reach for me. Like, yo, I can't really do that. I know I'm not going to be good at that. I hate school. Um, mm-hmm. But if somebody would have told me, um, you know, given your skill set of being uh, like social, you have a lot of self-discipline, um, that might make for a great entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like nobody told me. So I was like, I guess all I can do is teach, you know, mm-hmm. so I'll go to school for that. Um, so, yeah, somebody would open up my eyes to that um, and then maybe even uh, help me to excel in like making sure that those skills are fine tuned. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be a different person. And, and so like, do you like what do you envision that to look like in a school setting? Like, is it like a class or is it just like a mm-hmm. career day I mean, type of situation? I, I often think like very <laughs> practically and sometimes kind of small, but if somebody would have literally just said that that was an option, mm. you know, like Ooh, I have no, I, I have no entrepreneurs mm. in my family that are like, you know, I have entrepreneurs. A bunch of street pharmacists and all that. Shit, <laughs> okay. you know that I definitely looked up to though. Why? They can right. do what they want to do every day. Okay. Um. So you spoke, why are you entrepreneur now? Like, how did that happen? Hmm. Um, honestly, uh, it was just God. You know, it was uh, him telling me that I needed to do something different. Mm. I mean, me just submitting to that. Um, that's really the only way I can explain it because the way this shit like lined up and the timeline of things mm-hmm. was crazy. I didn't. I taught summer school last summer. Wow. Personally. That's what I'm saying, bro. Um, you know I mean, saying? I guess so we'll have like, to dig in deeper to it. But yeah, when I when you when you first told me about the dispensary, I just didn't expect it to be this lavish. Mm, okay, Honestly, yeah. I didn't. Uh-huh. And it's it not. Amazing, it's not yeah. because I think less of you or any yeah. anything like that. Um, I also we in Eastern Market. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like this is not no like run of the mill area. It's not, yeah. oh, I'm waiting. This spot is really gonna boom in mm-hmm. six months. Like mm-hmm. you're here in a space and it, it lo- just looks so nice. Thank you, I appreciate it. And, and the way it all came together, I didn't imagine this at all. Um, I saw this spot as one of the first places that I saw. Um, it's really hard to get a lease for the type of work that mm-hmm. we're doing, mm-hmm. but I got nice. the lease <clears throat> immediately. Um, Signed it on my birthday, which is September 28th. Wow. Um, Happy belated birthday. (laughs) (laughs) It's 2021. May May of 2021, though. Like, come on, man. But um, but yeah, man. So like honestly, it was just ordained. Like I had to I had to take a risk. Um definitely wasn't financially ready to to make the move necessarily, but mm-hmm. I just took a leap out on faith, used, you know, a bunch of my savings and um yeah, landed me here. I didn't want to quit in the middle of the year, so I quit right before the school year started. Mm-hmm. Um and that put me in an even worse spot financially, but ended up all working out. I love that. Wow. Wow. I'm inspired. 
Okay. Yeah, Fuck these I kids. Like, yeah, I be trying to inspire <laughs> people. Like, yo, <laughs> you can do this shit. Can, you know right. what I'm saying? Not, not this, but like whatever you want to do. Yeah. You, do that shit. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, yeah. So, to get us smoothly back to <laughs> the grading system. All right. And this is also interesting because you're only the second person that we've like interviewed that has been a teacher with these questions. Mm -hmm. So really I want you to think about or speak to your grading system when you were actually in school. Did you think it was like fair representation of you? And in your ideal school, what type of grading system would you have? Okay. Um, I went to a character-based charter school. um, And the way that that school worked was that it was a private boarding school and kind of alternative school every other place that it was, which was in Connecticut, Maine. So when they came to DC, they made it a charter so that anybody could could uh, show up. And within that, it was very, very strict. Um, and a lot of the ideals from that, like, oh, you were pushed out from society. You mm-hmm. wanted to try to help rehabilitate you and everything like that. They took a lot of those ideals and brought them here. So um, <clears throat> given that context, mm-hmm. we had achievement grades, which is like, how much work are you doing? How great is it? Then we had effort grades, which was like, how's your behavior? How much effort are you putting into the work? Hmm. Um, and I think that uh, if teachers weren't biased when they were using that grading system, it kind of worked out for me uh, hmm. because <clears throat> your effort grade had to be within 10 points of your achievement grade. So if you had an 80 in achievement, you, either ha- you couldn't be higher than a 90 in your effort or lower than a 70 because it's like, well, you hmm. got here. Hmm. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, so um, so it worked for classes that I excelled in, even if the teacher didn't favor me or if I was an yeah. asshole. It was like, but you, you was an asshole. In Seventy. You was an asshole. I could totally see it. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. I know. I just get. Good. But carry on. <laughs> Damn dog, like Oh, but yeah, man. So it was cool, you know. Uh, if the teachers used it used it well, then then it worked out for me. Um. Grading system for an ideal school, I think would definitely be similar in the sense of uh, not basing your achievement on how you act, but definitely having that separation. Like, hey, you're doing this, but maybe I'm writing like some anecdotal notes about how well you're trying, da da da. Um, just so that students that kind of are left behind um, and who don't meet a certain mark or mm-hmm. meet the standard necessarily, they know where they are, but they can be encouraged to, mm-hmm. to push further. Um, and to attempt to to meet that standard and feel motivated to do so. Like my teacher sees me though, even though I'm not meeting the standard. It's important, yeah. So yeah, I don't know how that would translate into like a number, but. (laughs) But I think that that is what I feel like we need to do away with. It's like not everything needs to be tied to numbers. Mm -hmm. And I think that you spoke to something that's very powerful as anecdotal evidence. And like going to school, you know, that's what we write papers all damn day and so i think that there are ways to your point to like speak to kids and get let them know like these are the ways that you could be improving Mm -hmm. and just be explicit that a letter is not going to tell that student and so like it could incite so much Mm self-motivation to where who knows what type of person that that child can become on the next year that they come back just because they had to have their words to think of your words to think about 
over exactly. that summer. That's that's I like that. I like that. That's probably one of the best answers I've heard. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you. This. <laughs> she said it like the bar is real low. Though. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if I'm. So the bar? No, 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 no. The bar is not low. It's just we have been conversing with people who aren't educators, and yeah, so you yeah. know you don't know what you don't know, and it's right. hard to imagine an ideal grading system, which right. is why we're here talking about the ideal school, so that people can have these uh, differing perspectives. Gotcha. But yours is best. Well said, well said. And and so, like, speaking to that student, um, or yourself, starting with yourself, of course, like, mm -hmm. what was, like, your preferred learning style? And then how would you like to see that learning style being represented in a school setting, given today's kind of learning environments? Yeah, um, so I think I'm, I'm the type of person, especially when I was a kid, who could soak up pretty much anything. It didn't matter to me if we were like throwing a ball around the room or silently reading, uh, watching videos, listening to music. Um, that part didn't really matter. Uh, what mattered to me was how much I trusted the teacher who was giving me the information. Mm. Um, like, Amen. did they build a relationship with me? Did they work hard? Mm -hmm. Did they care? Mm -hmm. Did they have high expectations? Um, if, if they did all those things, and I excel, I learned, uh, I just think in the ideal school, we would need more teachers who genuinely love kids. Like, if you're not emotional about this shit, you know what I'm saying? Then like, mm. it's probably, you, it's probably going to show. Yeah. Um, and not even that, but you're, you're able to pivot and figure out who your students are, who do have these particular needs mm. and you can adjust. Um, so if you don't care whether a kid is, you know, poor, whether parents, you know, air quote care. Um, if they stink, you know what I'm saying? Like if they're an asshole, if you don't care about that, there's like that genuine love, mm -hmm. then um, the kid can feel that. And I think they can they can learn from you. Yeah. And and so like I was in a meeting today and it was about an alternative teaching program that's here in DC. And they were basically talking about how they want us to help figure out like ways that more of the black educators, because black educators are, like account for 70% of their population that they're mm -hmm. serving. And so these black educators though, they're failing the praxis. Yes. And, and so meanwhile, the white educators are passing the praxis, mm -hmm. but they're not nearly as good with students exactly. as the black educators. And so that gets me to the point to where you're saying about like building these relationships mm -hmm. and caring. It's like, you can teach a, a, a person how to take a test, yep. but you can't teach a person how to or you can, but it, it comes with, it starts within. Yeah. And it's oftentimes, it, exactly. And so mm -hmm. I just appreciate that answer because it's valuable. And Lindsay's spoke about this on a couple of episodes. It's like right. that relationship component. And she spoke about this last, last episode. It's just, she hasn't been in the classroom this year with like face to face with these kids, but mm -hmm. to see the types of relationships that they're yeah. building uh -huh. virtually, that speaks yeah. volumes. In a fucking chat box. Like, that shit is crazy. I mean, not to derail us. But, <laughs> but one of my students, is he's a barb. And we were talking about Nicki Minaj and the new project she dropped. Okay. Um, he dragged me in the chat box today. He Because I was like, okay, what do you know the words? He was like, oh, I know the words of this song, this song. I'm listening to this song. And he's like, what's your favorite song? And I'm I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go out here on a plunge here. Because right, like, right. my favorite song on that one is Boss Ass Bitch. So right. I was like, well, just, just put, put the asterisk. And I was like, I don't know the words of that yet. He's like, okay, what about Itty Bitty Pig? Because like, Itty Bitty Piggy, whatever the hell it is. Right. Like, those, those words are really easy. And I was like, I don't know the words of that either. And he was like, in all caps, 
you are an embarrassment. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> he said, LMO, you, you're not one of the barbs. I'm like, I didn't say that I was. Oh. <laughs> Dick. That's your chain, okay? That's <laughs> That's funny. But yes, having that, that ability to like develop relationships. And I also mm -hmm. feel like saying relationships now is like a buzzword. Yes. Yes. No. yes. That's why I say like, do you love these kids? Yes. Like not like, yes. not like learn to like, mm -hmm. not like build a relationship. Right. Do you love them? Yes. Do you feel like they're your family? You know what I'm saying? So like, that's what it is. Once, once, once you have that feeling, nobody can teach you that. Mm -hmm. You just got to feel it. So, you know, you can learn how to teach fucking, you know, kinesthetic learners and all that shit and yeah. white people excelling hmm. um just from like reading a bunch of articles and books and yep. you know reputable sources and shit hmm. but <laughs> you know what i'm saying if you don't love them then that shit is not going to translate it's really so, not at all really not you know and then talking about i think i don't know if it was a school we was at yeah uh <laughs> the kids we love the most Hmm. That was also a phrase that white people put on kids that were mm. had behavioral issues. Mm -hmm. And so my question for it's you so then, it, it's weird. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very weird. Cause I'm like, some people actually do love them the most. Right, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Legitimately. And it's not yeah. impossible to love them the most. Right. Like what? Yeah, it's, uh. we, we won't, that's a whole nother episode we have to talk about. Yeah. But okay, in man. your ideal school, how do people respond to negative behaviors and how do you promote positive behaviors? Um, and I asked the po how do you promote positive behaviors part? Just personally, um, I'm not anti uh, PBIS, right? Points-based systems, but I'm anti PBIS. Like mm -hmm. I do think that rewards are always gonna have a place in schools, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, what's weird is that as they get older, they don't have a process where we wean them off of the exactly. reward being the motivator. Mm -hmm. But this is not my interview. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? Got a little carried away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what's your answer? Um, I, I think uh, restoratively. And I know a lot of people triggered. <laughs> I know, right? I already know, dog. I know, man. It's one of those buzzwords that has just been taken yeah, out of context. One. You know mm. what I'm saying? It's just like and and not seen through. Um, but I do really believe in all aspects of restorative justice, working in a school environment. Um, but all of those aspects working at the same time is the only way I think it works. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think providing those consequences for students that align to whatever behaviors they are showing, whether they're positive, negative, conversing with students, talking to students, things that really good teachers already do. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's how we get students to become accountable to their actions, intrinsically motivated uh, to make those good choices. And just like instilling like a community vibe, I think restorative justice and practices can really help do that if we use all the parts simultaneously. Um, I think us as a people, we definitely undervalue the person sitting next to us that looks like us. Yes. Um, yes. Everywhere from the classroom to the street to you know media and stuff like that. But I think that if we did have more of a restorative approach that like we're in this together and your actions um, are gonna impact me and vice versa, same mm -hmm. thing with like adults to mm -hmm. kids, then I think that people like kids would just start to really feel that shit and they mm -hmm. would start to act accordingly. Um, try to make better choices, uh, try to motivate their friends, try to do the right thing when nobody's looking, have more integrity. Mm -hmm. So um, so yeah. Uh, and besides all that, like 
kumbaya type shit. I think that also just being consistent, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Whether it's positive, negative, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck, but like consistency is key yes. when you're reinforcing a negative, I'm sorry, positive behaviors. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I completely agree with that. And I think that like that, that last part, I feel like you were getting at the, this idea of accountability mm-hmm. and it's, and, and it's over, like everyone needs to be held accountable from mm-hmm. teachers to administrators, to yep. paraprofessionals, to students, like the lip to parents, like the list goes on and on. And I mm-hmm. think that that is a key component that is missing within schools right now is this idea of accountability and yep. like what that looks like. Because and, and we talk about this leadership, all the time, leadership does they don't they're not holding themselves accountable, uh, and so yeah. like that's the reason why teachers are facing the amount of flack mm-hmm. and getting text messages like they're doing mm-hmm. is because they wouldn't even think to send that text message to the, a leader because the person the first person that they have access to is the person who's teaching their child, mm-hmm. yep. and so it's just like how could we how can we or how can leaders better support educators is literally by making sure that you are now the, the front line. Mm-hmm. Like teachers are doing enough by teaching the student. Yep. Like you, the least that you can do is make sure that you're triaging the majority of that communication. Triaging. I like that. <laughs> Sorry, I really like that. <laughs> I cannot. And you said something about like, if you're not emotional about this and yes. I be so emotional that I have to like stop myself from being emotional because mm-hmm. like when parents come at me sideways, my feelings are genuinely hurt because I feel like I want what's best for your kid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I want to learn your child to figure out what their desired outcome is. I want to know what your desired outcome is for the child and get us all there. And then when parents mm-hmm. attack me on like petty shit, and I know that it comes from a place, well, it usually comes from a place of like not understanding. Right. Um, but when they attack me off the petty shit, I'm like, but I want your son to be the president. Right. <laughs> I'll just be like, I'm. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, I'm, genuinely, like, my feelings be hurt, especially you now. To me, huh? like, you, I'm like, I'm on your side. Right. Like, I really want right. to talk to you and hear what you have to say, and I want to inform you. I want to tell you how to burn down the school. Sometimes yes. I want to tell you to take your kid out of the school because this isn't the place for your kid mm, because your mm. kid is so high performing mm. and the expectations here are low. I've had that conversation multiple times, but parents be ready to to not even to fight. They just want to. Parents think that reading me is the win. Like, oh, I just got Miss Black together. Yeah. Okay, but I'm going to go home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to live. Your child will be with, with me tomorrow. That's what I'm mean, <laughs> trying to say. Yeah. That's petty. so real. That's so real. Yeah. And so, so now that we're kind of, we've talked about the parents um, and their kind of input, and but I, I would also like to know, given that you are an educator, because once an educator, always an educator, mm-hmm. um, like how would you want a teacher to support you in the classroom in your ideal school? Um, and like, what does your ideal teacher do and how do they support your growth more importantly? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes from having that genuine love that we keep talking about. Yeah. Um, but they hold me to a high expectation no matter what. Uh, and, and within that, they also show me that they see me consistently. Mm-hmm. They tell me what I need to hear when I need to hear it. You know what I'm saying? They do for me what I need them to do. Uh, they don't necessarily have to say that they care about me all the time, but they damn sure got to show it hmm. all the time. You know what I mean? Um, even when it gets uncomfortable for them or for me, they just have to do that. Uh, they also, you know, growing up, I just had a lot of teachers where I experienced them saying just like slick shit out their mouth hmm. in reference to me, super like passive things. Um, and just disrespectful sometimes, you know what I'm saying? So 
and I obviously took offense to it, but I didn't realize that or that I honestly it just like it was like bullying a little bit, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Um, just like the the microaggressions and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, given the way that I dress, the way I carry myself, speak, um, stuff like that. So, you know, once again, just seeing me for who I am and tapping into that versus like talking shit about me or making me feel uncomfortable about who I am or who I might be. Um you know, mm-hmm. if, if it's a kid in the classroom that's super quiet, figure out how to get them to open mm-hmm. up and vice versa. If I start shit all the time, figure out why, you know? Um, don't just write me off. So, yeah, I think that the ideal teacher are, are teachers who have that genuine love and who can see their students all the time. In your ideal school, what does social-emotional learning look like? I know that's also a trigger phrase, but... Or how are you integrating what you know about child development? It's another way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this question is kind of hard to answer because it depends on, I think, the population of your students and the demographics of the teachers, mm-hmm. students, um, how they're alike, how they're different. You know, if it's a bunch of uh, teachers who can't identify with students, and I think their SEO practices might look a little bit different. And I'm not sure necessarily mm-hmm. how. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just because the way that you're going to build up a student's social and emotional skills causes you to have to do that yourself and build up your awareness to what is appropriate, what is culturally responsive. Another buzzword that is not okay. <laughs> My favorite. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the realness of that that term. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think, you know, just knowing what is uh, like developmentally appropriate in itself as a teacher um, mm. and knowing what is a trauma response Oof. for students, like being able to identify that and act accordingly. So I know that we've been talking about the teacher and supports for the educator as well as students, but like in your ideal school, how do you think that parents should be supported? Um, and more importantly, like what are the main tools that we should use to communicate with parents? So first, I love that you use the word supported and not engaged. Um, because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just tired of that word. Family um, engagement. I hate that. Right. But, um, but I think that, uh, and also, I'm sorry. So, Lindsay, what you said earlier about um, how you wish that the parent of that one particular student knew that you were on that your student's side mm-hmm. and knew that you um, had the interest of that child in your heart and in your mind at all times. If we had a platform or a space where students and teachers could connect on, I'm sorry, teachers and parents could connect on mm-hmm. a more personal personal level consistently, mm-hmm. um, that would cause for that bridge to be created and that gap to be filled so that there is no, I don't know what your intentions are or where you come from mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or what your motives are or how much you care. Like I can feel that and I'm a part of that and we grow together consistently. Uh, and a lot of my thinking behind this comes from my experience in high school, which was my parent had to participate in what we had, what we call discovery groups, which mm-hmm. is kind of like advisory um, for students, but it was more so like a therapy session, um, answering a bunch of uncomfortable questions with our peers. And then they invited parents to do the same thing with other parents. Mm-hmm. And then as families, we all had to come and do the same thing together. That's crazy cool. Right. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, so once again, just answering a series of uncomfortable questions, talking, crying, laughing, taking emotional risks, 
Um, and we developed an authentic safe space for that and a brave space for that. Like, right. not only do you feel safe, but you feel like you can say your truth right now and there won't be consequences for it. Mm -hmm. um, and parents, they were held accountable. They had to show up for that, um, but they also provided the means in order for them to show up. So I think those two things are important. Mm. But once again, just having a space where teachers, parents, and even students can come and find common ground um, and develop a relationship that is rooted in something outside of your kid didn't do this or yeah. why did you tell my child this? Or, yeah. You know, like I already know you, Miss Black. Like I already know you. Like I know I can communicate with you. And it's not because you gave me a survey and I just answered a bunch of questions. It's because we actually have some real experiences together mm -hmm. that are authentic and that are um that are that are telling of who we really are. So yeah. Yeah, that really resonates with me because I just be feeling like it's just such a divide. Um, I really like to be to have fun hmm. and to not be serious. That's like my go-to. Can't do that all the time. But I rarely get a time to do that with parents because mm -hmm. I have to be the sole bearer of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't like that. That's a lot of responsibility. And then just Interacting with parents on a personal level so that they can um, dispel any biases that or stereotypes that they've imposed upon me. Because I know there's some type of like thought processes that are going on in their head and they're projecting whatever they're thinking upon me. Mm -hmm. And those thoughts and projections just creates a, a further divide, which mm -hmm. then makes it harder for me to connect with them. But I want to go to the football games. Mm -hmm. I want to go to... Um, the cheer competitions, but I don't want parents to think that I'm going to be there and ju judge them because um, y'all know my other side. You know me, okay? <laughs> you know me. I'm, I'm down. You have no room to judge. I have no room to judge, okay? No room. <laughs> Basically, I remember me and um, my old co-teacher, Miss Williams, he was out for, on U Street for her birthday. We ran into two, two of our parents. They bought us shots of tequila. I'm like, yeah, girl. Okay. Right. And I'm going to teach your daughter on Monday. And that's okay. what it is. <laughs> um, but just rehumanizing teachers yeah. because we're held on this poor pedestal. And I say poor because we got paid enough to be on this damn pedestal. Right. Um, and parents, I feel like parents bring in their their perspective with school, too. Mm -hmm. And schools, although we have still have a lot, a lot of ways to go, we're not in a good space in terms of acknowledging people's individuality and understanding how they can like benefit the, the classical and culture environment. Um, and so I think about that when parents come in, they don't have good experiences with school. So mm -hmm. they have this type of like wall that's built up against me before they know me. And it's not anything personal. Um, I just wish that we could better connect on a personal level because those, those kids excel. We were on the same page. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's important to just name that there are a lot of shitty teachers. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, yeah. A lot of shitty teachers, man. So when you get one that is authentic and that really is rooting for your child, and not just rooting, but actually putting that action behind it, uh, it's hard to to like take that in and to accept that. Um, so, yeah. I, I just think that, like, I'm hearing, I heard, like, three key stakeholders in this conversation. We heard, talked about parents, mm -hmm. we talked about students, and we talked about teachers. And like, I feel like it's so unfortunate and I hate to continue to call them out, but I feel like, I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before that, but like you made me realize like, no, like we got to start holding uh, leadership accountable for to fill this gap. Like there is a persistent need to make sure that there is programming to make sure that parents feel like they can connect 
with their mm-hmm. teachers. And that's not the teacher's job. Like, mm-hmm. like, goddamn, like what else like what else do you want educators to do? Like, seriously. Why are y'all paying somebody? Because in most charter schools, at least, there is somebody who is salaried that is the parent engagement coordinator. Yeah. What the fuck are y'all doing? Yeah. What are y'all doing that yeah. my parents are keep want me to text them every day about their child's attendance or work? But we have school-wide systems where they mm-hmm. have access to progress reports. Why is that? And then I give them information. I realize after weeks, some parents are finally being honest, like, oh, I don't know how to navigate it. Yeah. Damn, why you didn't tell me before? Because I would have I would have gladly recorded a video or showed you how to do it. But there's just there's just this gap. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are the salaried people doing? Right. Because that's their that job. I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> no bullshit, man. It's like, once you go down that rabbit hole, yeah. you can just keep fucking going. You have to really keep, I can, go, I can so keep going. Like, right. I can keep going. And I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nice to be heard and understood. <laughs> We're here for you, okay? Um, I was trying to find an eloquent way to lead us to our last question, but there's no way for me to do it. So... Um, can you leave us with one word that would sum up your school? Or if you're feeling creative, maybe you already have like a school name for your ideal school. Okay. Um, I don't. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm a, uh, and I'm going to push back on this because I would hate for uh, my word to become another buzzword in like the ideal school setting. Um, I don't want it to be another word that becomes triggering to people who actually embody that word, mm-hmm. right? And have to look at all the motherfuckers who don't, you know what I'm saying? Or just a word that Damn. floats around, if you will. <laughs> um, it just is, has has no real meaning behind it when it comes to action. Mm-hmm. So in my ideal school, it would be more about action and not one word or a word. I'm sorry, a multitude of words. Or even the name of the school would be more, be more focused on who is in that school, um, and what they're doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to fulfill everything that we want to get done. Thank you. All right, you just like I know, right? Snap, snap, snap. And that's the way it is. That's poetic, baby. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, Brittany, thank you. We greatly appreciate you being on the podcast today. Um, super important for us to highlight people that are leaders in their community. Mm-hmm. But you know, you got a special place in our heart because you're an entrepreneur that used to be a teacher. Amen. Um, so shout out to you for actually transitioning out of the classroom because I know just that in itself is a big thing. It's mm-hmm. a hurdle. And look at you now. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. I appreciate y'all. Thank you thing. guys for even having this platform and making it available to all to be able to connect, to vibe out, um, to gain resources and information. It's super dope what y'all are doing. Yes, you better know our mission. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. Oh, okay. I, See, but I, you I, got it. Through. You Amen. Know what that's the point. And that's what it's supposed to do. You know what okay. I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> Objective met. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, but in all seriousness, we appreciate you and we wish you nothing but the best and no kids allowed. Uh, thank you so much for inviting us in, into your space. Um, can't wait to see where No Kids Allowed continues to grow to. Appreciate y'all, man. This was dope. All right, y'all. So this week's call to action brought to you by Brittany. 
formerly known as Miss OK. I used to be up in that classroom working hard. Um, shout out to all the teachers out there still working hard. You guys can come past No Kids Allowed, a black woman-owned business in D.C. in Capitol Hill. Pull up to No Kids Allowed and get your teacher discount on Tuesdays. You get 15% off. 15% off of what, you ask? <laughs> Um, 15% off of an item that will allow you to be freely gifted cannabis products. Peace, love, and light. Hootie hoo.